Welcome to the Sideline Live podcast. Subscribe for more episodes and follow our social media at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Hilary Nett of the DBS ANO Super League men's team. On this episode, we had a great chat about his career, playing with the Zimbabwe national team, ANO basketball, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy. Hi Hilary, thanks a million for coming on. No problem. Um, what I like to do is I kind of give the guests a little bit of time uh, at the start of the episode just to explain who they are and what they do. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so I'm Hilary Nets. I play basketball for DBS Aina. Uh, I have been for the last two seasons. Uh, I've been playing basketball since I was 13 and I'm also a basketball coach and a skills trainer in Ireland. Brilliant. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring it back uh, to your beginnings. So I was reading up online, uh, you were born in Zimbabwe and you came to Ireland at a really young age, or I'm not too sure what it was. Yeah. Um, so my family moved to Ireland in maybe 1999 or 2000. And um, yeah, I think I was about eight or nine years old at this stage. Uh, I can't even remember, I always forget. Um, but yeah, I was born in Zimbabwe, I've been back there a couple of times, um, but everything I know and what I call home is Ireland, like I'm a dub mm-hmm. before I'm anything else. Uh, and then kind of starting off, you, you just mentioned there with with your basketball career, you only started at age 13. Did you play any other sports in Ireland? The, obviously the stereotypical, did you play GEA growing up? Yeah, funny enough, um, I actually played for Bally Bowden oh, at St. Enders. I played Ga and Hurling for them when I was younger. Um, so this would have been uh, right before I started secondary school. Okay. Uh, so sixth, sixth class. Uh, I was playing with them. And yeah, after literally after sixth class, the so- that summer, um, I used to play football, uh, hurling, soccer, and I did athletics as well. But that summer my brother brought me to like an outdoor basketball court somewhere i think it was in riversdale up in blanchetown and it's actually where i met a couple of couple of my like lifelong friends now and after that summer i just quit everything else and started playing basketball oh so it was really like that summer you fell in love with basketball and you knew that was it like yeah like i remember everything about the day um and that was just the day i was like yeah okay i'm a, I'm a basketball player now that's mad and what kind of what made it so special above the likes of soccer and GEA um it was a very like street ball environment because uh I don't know if you know about and one basketball yeah I do yeah yeah yeah. so it was back when they were like they were the the shit and they were popping yeah um so you were putting the basketball like in your t-shirts and like throwing it around your heads or whatever (laughs) Not not all that, but like it, 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 it was it was close to it. Um, there was there wasn't a lot of rules. It was very like physical and loud. Like everyone was taunting each other, trash talking, and I just I just fell in love with it because like in Gan Hurling, there's no soccer, trash like, talk. I, I never yeah I wasn't yeah. like I'd run past somebody and wouldn't even like speak to the opponent yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. <laughs> like throughout the whole 90 minutes yeah uh but like in these like five ten minute basketball games that were up to 21 
like it was continuous conversation talking yeah. shit like so yeah i was listening to that. funny you mentioned it, i was listening to a podcast i think it was puff summers and he was saying he tried out uh football or something in kilkenny and he started talking trash during like mm. the sprints or something and the lads just like they weren't having it and they ended up i don't know they were going mad at him near the end of the session it was funny that i think that's yeah. i don't know now i don't know at inter-county level if there's much trash talking but it's funny you mentioned that 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 kind of attracted you to to the sport and that kind of street ball style yeah definitely like it was just it was just such a draw to the game and then um obviously the the style of basketball and everything like that as well was a draw like mm. i think if you're playing gar hurling you might like bump into somebody and square up to them for like 20 seconds <laughs> and after that yeah, yeah that's it like yeah get a yellow card or something um yeah. so then you mentioned there so you went to secondary school and you started playing with the school team, was it? Yeah, so uh started playing with the school team and uh, the guys that were in, so I went to St. Declan's in Cabra because um, my family had moved to Blanchetown and I decided to go to that school because I'd heard like things about basketball. And when I got in there, Sean Kilmartin was the starting point guard. And at this stage, like I walked into one of their training sessions, like the guy was just a god oh yeah like, okay the, the things that he was doing like i had never seen anybody do like in person so i was like oh my god like this guy's the best thing in the world <laughs> and uh a couple of other guys as well were in there and they ended up setting up a basketball team a, like a basketball club outside of the school so mm -hmm. a couple of my friends could play because we were a decent first uh like first year team yeah and uh we actually had liam hardigan as our principal who was like an ex woman women's irish coach oh cool and yvonne nolan as well she was like an ex irish team player she was my coach at the Daddy. time so there's some set up there like, already i was gonna say yeah exactly like they were they were pretty successful and they had a long history of like um of basketball in st declan so mm -hmm. brilliant it was, it was great to be there and what club was that what did what was the name of it they just ended up calling the St. Declan's. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, cool. So you played with them. What was that like? Because it was you and a bunch of lads from your year. You would have been probably young enough. You yeah. were only new to the game. Well, how did that go? Um, first few games were rough. Uh, okay. The whole season was pretty much rough. Uh, I think we got spanked by every team we played, except for Kilcock, I think. We, we beat them. They were okay. our only win. Okay. Um, and then... After that year, um, they were pretty much like, oh, look, lads, we can't keep going forward with the team. So they advised us to have a look around for a couple of teams. And then I think Carmel Kilmartin was still working with Vincent's at the time. Okay. I think she is to this day, like uh, she's still coaching. Um, so I decided to join them. Uh, I'd heard about Joey Boylan. All those guys, Dave Donnelly, ended up actually being my coach when I joined. Okay. So I stayed with Vincent's for for a good while, yeah. Very good. And um, kind of going towards you know your career in Vincent's, you joined them. Was it probably under fourteen? Was it under fifteen? Under fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Under fifteen. And was there much success in your time there? Like, what age did you sort of play to, and what competitions were you involved in? Um. Yeah, we were actually. We had a pretty solid team um, with like Neil Kelly, um, Dan Fernay, Sam Kiernan, uh, uh, Mel Gormley, like all these guys that 
uh, played Irish team okay. um, at that age group. And I think we like we reached finals, but never actually won a final. Okay. Um, uh, like we we'd come up against. So my age group at the time would have been Adrian O'Sullivan, Roy yeah. Downey, the Neil Lynches, Kieran Rowe, um, Stephen Fagan at the time, Irvin Gamidi. Some of these guys you might not know, but like they were the yeah, shit. The couple of names you then. mentioned there, uh, like like the Roy Downey and stuff. Yeah, yeah so those, like, those guys are still around. Yeah, um, yeah. Adrian's killing it overseas. Uh, I was watching one of his yeah. highlights there last night, I think. Had this like killer step back three in some yeah. lad's face he's absolutely balling over there he's 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 just a straight bucket like yeah um conversations i've had with him like on uh on instagram and whatnot you can just you can feel his love for the game when he's talking and even uh there's so with puff summers like during the summers that's I've heard about these. Yeah, I've heard about these. Uh, these famous like secret runs, puff runs, or puff does yeah. in like Temple Oak or whatever. Yeah, they're like a uh, like the Irish version of. Drew Hanlon. Drew Hanlon is like uh, all the NBA guys and stuff. That that's that's puff yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, because like you walk in and there's guys like Adrian, Sean Floyd, John Carroll, Kev Foley. Uh, Scott Kinnevin, um, like just all of these top players in the country. And then like the next week, there'll be some of the pros that have played in the league yeah. uh, the the year before. And it's just like high standard basketball. There's no plays. It's pick and rolls or it's a one-on-one thing. Yeah. And no it's just some of the best. No reps. No, Everyone calls their own fouls. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's it's great it's great to be around like it's just yeah. amazing basketball yeah. and like people just don't get to see it ever and a lot not a lot of people know about it either because yeah. it's like puff invite only okay okay um, yeah so we're giving an exclusive yeah. you're giving an exclusive on the podcast <laughs> Ex- exclusive right there <laughs> but um yeah it's just such amazing basketball uh just being in that environment like everybody there just wants to hoop and get better Deadly. and these are all guys that you play against mm-hmm. during the year. And then when you get here, you, you're probably on a team with like somebody who's your main rival, yeah. like Puff uh, playing for Temple Oak and I play for Aina. We're like Dublin rivals or whatever. Yeah. But he's like a really close person in my life. Like yeah, he's someone yeah. I'll speak to on the daily or like every week at least. Absolutely. And you're probably busy scouting him then during the summer. Oh, what's he got this year? Has he added whatever to his game or whatever? yeah i don't like garden puff you know? <laughs> i'm all about defense like my my pride and joy is defense like if i go a game without scoring i don't care at all okay. but if i get like a charge or two charges or steals or blocks or forced turnovers i'm happy okay so i love garden the likes of puff the likes of adrian um who is just like so hard to because he's so smart and yeah. he has all the talent as well with it and he just puts in all the work um, and then you might get a switch and then you're you're guarding John Cow when yeah. you're guarding Kev Foley yeah um, so all of that is just is just amazing and you get to you, you do get to scout um, the players and see what they want to do because a lot of these scrimmages yeah people work on the things that they're trying to apply to their games for the next season absolutely yeah 
Yeah. And what kind of, and speaking about that, you you love you know uh, your defensive you know end to your game. That'll be your focus. Who then in the Super League is probably the toughest or maybe top three toughest players to guard? Guard. I'm putting you on the spot now. This one, I didn't. I didn't send you this question. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of really hard hard players to guard. Now, last year, uh, preseason, we played against Mary. Okay. I think it was Mary. They had an American uh, on their team, and I think he put 32 points on my head. Oh my god. And like, it's not like I was not in the play yeah like, it was, i was there yeah he was shooting over you face, probably or something shooting over me yeah driving uh and just like every bucket was tough and it's the same with puff like if i'm guarding puff i could have my hand on his actual face like touching his face yeah and because he's hit that same jumper consistently over and over again for the last god knows how long and every day as well it's just automatic yeah absolutely doesn't matter who's in his face if your hand is yeah. up in, on his like on his arm he's still going for it yeah he's still going for that shot and he's most likely going to hit it um so those two definitely puff that american from last year um there's so many honestly like there there there's a lot of good individual like one-on-one players in the league um, that maybe don't get to show that sometimes in matches but yeah is that what you're saying definitely. yeah yeah, I know what but you're um, like the main one for me last year was the American from Mary. Mm-hmm. He was definitely a tough, a tough guard. Um, yeah. And what do you do then? Like, you know, your man comes down, shoots in your face. You know, how do you react? How do you sort of let go of that? Because I think tendency with myself and with other players is, you know, you know, you hold on to that mistake. You're like, for God's sake, he's now got thirty something on me. Like, how do you kind of bounce back into next play and just keep going? Um, so for me, um, when I had a coach, uh, over in Italy and he talked about having like a, a six second or a two second memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, he was like, this is one of the most important things I learned in basketball. Um, so if something like that happens, uh, and there's this guy who just scored all of you, but you played good defense, he said, you have two seconds to think about what you could have done better if you could have done anything better and then move on okay because you can't carry that on to the next play because if you carry that on to the next play you're just going to be thinking about what has already happened and not what's actually happening in front of you that uh and that's what you have control of not what's happened already you have control of what's in front of you and like it's a mantra that i live by now like control the controllables Mm -hmm. from uh, nabil and it's just like that that's that's what you have to be to be to be a a, a great defender and an elite defender you have to have like a two-second memory like even look at some of the top dunks in the nba in the last year so like some of them i'll say maybe seven or eight highlights of the top top 100 dunks were on Giannis. yeah but he's the the defensive player of the year yeah absolutely and he's willing to put himself in that position Mm-hmm. every play to get a stop and obviously you're not going to get a stop every time so yeah you're going you to be post you're going to be 
put on a poster at some stage. You just have to be exactly. able to get back up from that and go for the next play. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's really exactly. interesting about that that sort of rule from your coach. We've gone down a little we've gone down completely off yeah, what I was gonna say, the agenda. But we'll go back to kind of going to you so you finished up in Vincent's and you went to college. What did you you know a lot of the, the listeners would be sort of maybe leaving certain age, maybe don't don't really know what they want to do um with college and work. What did you sort of decide? Did you go to college? Did you know what you wanted to do straight off the bat? Uh so no, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do straight off the bat. And I know like a lot of people are in that position and they feel like they should know what they want to do. But um like time is something that we have so much of and you shouldn't be in a rush to make a decision. But anyway, I Ended up, uh, I wanted to be a PE teacher, okay. but um, I don't know if you know, but in Ireland, to be a PE teacher, you need 500 points as much yeah. as you need to be a doctor. And it's so, like, it's like PE and like maths or something. Like it's a weird, it's not like, the combination is a yeah. bit weird. Yeah. I it, has to, it has to be with another subject. Yeah. So um, I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to get 500 points. My parents hoped I was going to get 500 points. So uh, I actually applied to uh, UCAS, which is like the UK college system. Okay, yeah. And um, I ended up getting accepted into a college because um, with them, you like go over before the college year even starts to on visits, kind of like, yeah. like the American system. And there's so like, like an interview colleges. or something, isn't there as well? Yeah. So like I, I had an interview with um, with the course course head, like the person who runs the course and um everything went well came back home and i think in february february or march i had already been given an unconditional offer to the oh, college okay. Deadly. so like i was in yeah so i like um all i had to do was uh reach a certain threshold with my grades with my leaving cert grades yeah and uh and I, i'll be i'll be straight into the course so that was my focus from then on and got to go over there i played a bit of basketball as well um because i was funny enough i was on an athletic scholarship because oh, i didn't okay. have a basketball team over there okay um and did you run so, were you a sprinter or did you maybe do yes yeah, so i was a sprinter events. okay 100 meters and 200 meters and shot put as well which is a weird one but oh yeah that's pretty random <laughs> yeah very random uh got onto the Le- leinster athletics team but when i was in sixth sixth year and fifth year okay uh, um but yeah funny enough went over on the athletic scholarship uh played a little bit of basketball with a team called the west wales tropics okay love the name <laughs> yeah was, like, the, like the flint tropics <laughs> yeah exactly um that was actually their logo as well <laughs> oh god um and i was supposed to play for a team in manchester because i was in wales um but just i i, I tried commuting for a while and it was yeah. just such a long trip to get to Wales, to Manchester, to train, and then yeah. come back. Um, Physically so that, and mostly probably mentally draining, that commute, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. And being first year in college as well, I just, you know, I yeah. just wasn't able for it. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, stuck, yeah. I stuck with the tropics. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you, did you develop the, what's the free throw routine? You know, the two-handed free throw. Was there any of that? Oh, the, the <laughs> granny throw? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily enough, there wasn't, but there was, uh, they were, they were fond of uh, celebrating. Okay. okay. That anyway. yeah. <laughs> it's a good team to be on, maybe. That's interesting yeah. you say about going to England, because 
since I really started listening to, to podcasts like Who Folio and since having people on there's always different paths to, to success and I think with Ireland yeah. especially that a pressure put on people you know with their leaving cert what you want to do you need to go to college you probably need to go to college in Ireland as you were saying at high points there there mm. are alternative offers or alternative oh, routes yeah. for people to go down and that's really interesting about the UCAS interview system and everything um yeah that's definitely cool. like there, there's so many like uh e- even with basketball there's such a focus on oh, you got to get to America for a scholarship. If you don't Absolutely. get there, you're not successful. Yeah. Um, or like you have to get these points so you can do the course here. Um, but like there's so many options. Like if you go to the UK, it's a 40 minute flight. It's like going to college in Cork and you live in Dublin. Yeah. It's, even, like, it's less of a commute than going to Cork. Yeah, know, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's less of a commute. So um, there, there's always options. Like once... Uh, like there, this is something I always say, like just ask questions. Like there's so somebody has an answer that mm. can guide you to where you want to be. Absolutely. Yeah. So just ask questions. There's so many routes you can go down that will lead you to success or what you want to be. Absolutely. I loved your, your live chat with Adrian O'Sullivan because I found his story really interesting. No, I don't know Adrian. Mm. I never knew his story. I just knew him as a player or whatever. And he was saying, you know, he went to, I think it was a prep school or high school in america and then ended up i think he needed knee surgery or something came back but got a scholarship to ucc and maybe yeah. that's something that people don't realize you know what if i go to america for a year and i don't get any offers over there i might still have the option you know to get a scholarship here and he i think he got a master's or something out of it he was saying and now he's playing professional overseas so it just shows it's not all about getting to college in america which is i'm not taking away from it that like it's an amazing yeah. achievement and fair play, to, fair play to everyone who's over there they're absolutely killing it but there is alternative routes it's not the be all and yeah. end all definitely like yeah. the, the, there's so many so many uh different academies within the uk mm-hmm. within spain italy all over europe that are connected to a high school or connected to a college as well mm-hmm. and you can you can go that route as well mm-hmm. if you want to be a professional basketball player it's not just the nba absolutely you know what i mean like yeah for the the one percent of the one percent of the one percent it's the nba exactly yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah um not that not not saying that like people aren't going to achieve oh the no NBA. Like, it's, it's definitely possible yeah uh but like there's other options as well yeah so if you don't get that don't beat yourself up about it there's mm-hmm. something else you can do absolutely yeah absolutely so then talking about you you finished up in college in the uk uh was that a three or a four-year degree three three year so you finished up and what was your plan after did you maybe look to play basketball again in the uk where you come back to ireland what was your sort of mentality coming out of college uh so i i i just came back to ireland straight away um because while i was over there i didn't get a lot of time to actually uh i wasn't commuting back and forth a lot um so i was like yeah i just want to come home I came home, decided to take a year out and just relax, play some basketball mm-hmm. um, at the time. So just before I'd left to actually go to university, I was, I was still playing for Vincent's, but our under 18 team, we were trying to make a run for National Cup, but we just couldn't get enough players. Yeah. So me and Neil Kelly uh, ended up uh, having conversations with a couple of the guys in Talca 
and their coach at the time, Andy Matthews, who's a good friend of mine now, mm-hmm. um, like had a chat with me and was like, look, we really want to make a push for everything, blah, blah. Um, so I ended up joining Talka. Uh, so before I left, I was playing, sorry, um, I was playing for Talka. Oh, before you and, went to college? No, sorry. This was like after. After, after college, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So play, played with Talka for a bit. Um, and I was just, I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to do mm-hmm. because for a te- to be a teacher, you need to do a HDIP as well, which is another year in college. Yeah. And uh, it's just something I wasn't ready to do. So uh, I decided to take a year out from all of that and then ended up doing a, a PLC course in business and IT finance. Okay. And while I was doing that, I was still playing basketball, uh, trying to take that seriously trying to go for the under 20 national cup as well and were um, they playing in the we're talking in the national league at the time no so they hadn't got a national league team uh at that at that time at that stage um the national league team came in i think it was a year after maybe two okay. years yeah um and yeah they were they were a decent team i don't think much success came to them that year okay um but yeah, my, my focus with them was just to play uh, for the under-20s in the Division One team. Okay. And uh, that, that was interesting. Yeah. And what was... The, so then you played a year or was it a more... How long did you play with them in Talca for? Um, I think it might have been two years. Two years, okay. And yeah, you, I think it was two. And you mentioned yeah. you went to Italy. How did that opportunity come up and how did that sort of align with your time in Talga? Yeah, so that that was a very random uh, situation. Um, So once again, with these different options, uh, Dermot Russell um, was speaking to me at that stage and we had a couple of conversations um, and he was a sports agent at the time. Yeah, this was was before NABA, was it? Yeah, before now, but he had a yep. company called Players First Management, I think. Yeah, that was it. Okay. And uh, he had a couple of players on it, like, I don't want to say names now in case I get them wrong. But, but he, he, uh, yeah, he had a couple of players there. He kind of had connections overseas, kind of knew the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he uh, he got me that contract um, in Italy. Uh, it was with an academy and their, their professional team there. Okay, So. Cool uh ended up going over it was a great experience like learned so much from the guys over there um and that was like my first experience playing a high level professional uh training every day more than once a day as well so i got to really experience whether i wanted to be a professional or not oh that professional life absolutely and after that season i realized like that wasn't my main goal okay like all, all good and all good and well that I was over there. I was playing a little bit, but I was just like, yeah, I love basketball, but I don't want to be a professional. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great that yeah. you had that experience and that time to realize that, you know what, yeah. this is not for me. And that's absolutely fine. And I think people panic, especially when they hit maybe their you know late teens, early 20s, where it's not their parents maybe drop them down to training they have to commute it's all on them yeah. to go to training where they realize you know what 
basketball or whatever sport or whatever it is isn't for me and that like that's okay like you can move away from anything it doesn't doesn't matter so that's brilliant that you got that experience in Italy yeah uh, with that and what did you yeah. sort of pick up from the players and from the setup um for yourself and yeah you, you spoke about there with the mentality about defensive and the six second rule or two second rule was there anything else you maybe picked up from the players or coaches yeah um there was a there was a player from New York called Nick Nedwick that I uh that I, was, that, that I met over there on the team. And he just had this like dog mentality mm-hmm. where he was like, yeah, this is my livelihood. Every point I score, every rebound I get, every steal, I have to want that more than the next guy because like, this is my career. This is what I want to do. This is my livelihood. And I just learned from him that like, um, like it's, it's just, something that you ha- you have to be a dog to to play professionally it's not it's not anything easy um you really have to work for it and looking back on it now in the last couple of years um playing with playing in ireland in national league and super league i would love to go back there at my stage at the stage that i am now mm-hmm. because i i've learned so much about the game and about myself that I feel it would be a very different situation if I went back. Absolutely. Um, and even even at that, um, like two years ago, I was offered a job in Italy and I turned it down uh, because I wanted to be in Ireland now. Like I just really wanted to be home. Um, and I was happy playing for Aina, playing for uh, Dublin Lions. So I was like, yeah. This, this is where I want to be. I'm going to be a dog here. Yeah. Yeah. And take what you learned in Italy and apply it to the Super League and to your own career in Ireland. Yeah, exactly. So you came home from Italy is, and you mentioned there Dublin Nines. Did you jump in with them straight after Italy or did you take a bit of time off or did you play for somebody else? No. So I played played a couple of games for Talca when I came back as Andy was still coaching. Okay. And uh, I helped him coach the under twenty team at the, at that at that stage, um, and then I had a couple of friends who I'd grown up with who joined Lions, um, so that off season they were trying to get me to join Lions, and I was like, look, um, after the year I'd had, I didn't really. The only thing in my mind was to play Super League or National League. Yeah. So, I decided to try out for DCU Saints. Um, as like, I still knew a couple of the guys there, like I was familiar with the club setup and, uh, funny enough, now looking back at it, Joey Boylan cut me a week or two weeks before the season started. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And that was just like, uh, that was a major blow for me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, like, this is crazy. No way. I'm coming back from playing in Italy yeah. and then getting cut from this team you're pro- probably um, knocked your confidence a bit as well oh yeah definitely knocked my confidence mm-hmm. um so i decided to actually take some time away from basketball and um i i had a couple of close friends at the time who helped me through it uh i was coaching at the time as well helping out um with meteors and after i think it was just before the transfer deadline my friends convinced me to join Lions and just play D1. So I was like, look, 
I have nothing else that I'm doing uh, sport-wise. Let me just go and enjoy myself and play. So I joined those guys and uh, ended up staying there for four years. Uh, got the team. We got the team up to National League. And yeah, so it was a good experience. Very good. And did you spend long in Lions? Because I know you you mentioned, obviously, before, you know, your play for Aina. How many seasons yeah. were you with Lions? So we played two seasons in Dublin Division 1 and then we okay. got promoted to National League uh, in my third year there. Um, oh, okay, very good. So it, it was it, it was really good. Um, and then at the end of the third year, I was actually, um, I'd been approached by a couple of the lads in Aina, like Dave Doran is one of my uh, really close friends and Neil Lynch and Ian had been messaging me asking me if I was going to join Aina. And I was like, oh, I was literally about to say yes, I'm going to sign the papers or whatever. And then uh, going back to my first time ever playing basketball with my brother, there was a guy called Nabil Murad there. Okay, I don't yeah. know if you know him. He's, but, uh, is that Ren Sports? Ren Sports, yeah. 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 So he was one of the first people I ever played basketball with, ended up uh, coaching and helping him out with Meteors Basketball. And okay. he's actually the reason why I started coaching and really fell in love with basketball. Uh, he was asked to coach Lions. Okay. So at that stage, I was like, oh, like one of my best leave. friends is coaching. Yeah, I can't, like, I just have to do this um, because I'd always wanted him to be my coach and my best friends were on the team as well. So I was like, ah, one more year. Let's yeah, do this. Absolutely. And uh, didn't turn out too well. Okay. Um, I got injured that year. Um, there was a disagreement with the club and not in the bill. So he ended up leaving. And okay. He's coaching in Austria now. Uh, with oh, the professional good, yeah. team over there. Yeah. And um, once I got injured, um, I had actually fractured, fractured my ribs in preseason, but didn't realize until maybe like the fifth or sixth game. Um, oh, God. I got hit. And I was like, oh, okay, no, that's not good. There's I can't something... really breathe too well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I got that checked out, realized I had my uh, uh, ribs cracked and took some time out. And, like, there's nothing you can do physio-wise yeah. for your ribs. For cracked ribs, you know. So I just had to wait it out. And there was a stage where I thought I was okay. And I went back to training. And my first training session back, I went up for a layup. Uh, one of my teammates actually I don't know what position they were in but their elbow was sticking out obviously it wasn't intentional yeah and they hit me in the exact same spot where oh. my ribs were cracked oh god and then I was just out for yeah I think it was like seven seven eight months months yeah was it that was with like was that bad or was there like complications with it uh, so it was that bad because um, it, it was it was around Christmas time where it happened. So there was only three months left in the season. Yeah. And by the time the season was over, um, I, I still wa- I still wasn't able to play fully. Yeah. Still wasn't right. able to train full contact. Um, and was that pain so wise it, or was that advice from the doctor? Pain wise and advice from the doctor. Jesus. So I just ended up sitting out for the rest of the season, but. Uh, um, I was still there. Um, I was I was captain of the team, so I couldn't I couldn't not be there for my team. You know what I mean? They yeah, still needed absolutely. me. Yeah. Um. 
So I was there for the majority of the games. I was there for the majority of the training sessions. And then, yeah, going into that off season, I started working with the personal trainer, the guys in FlyFit, okay. uh, gave me a membership through that trainer. Okay. Uh, Eric, Eric Mc, McElly, I can never say his surname, but he's <laughs> in the States now. Okay. And he's like uh, managing some big program. Um, so got to work with him and he Daddy. got me back to playing form. And, and what was that like kind of like uh, sort of mentally, you know, being out for so long? How did you like it was great that you could still go down and support the lads. And that obviously was a great, you know, escape and release because it's very hard mm. to be on the sideline and watching. What was that like maybe during that time out and then coming back and training with the guys in fly fit? Uh, it was it was a struggle. It was very frustrating. Um, I'm sure you, you know yourself, like if even when you're on the bench and something is going wrong on the it's, court, it's not the it's same. frustrating because, you, yeah, you want to be out there. And uh, so when I was injured, like there were so many things that were going wrong that I felt like I could influence. Absolutely. So that whole time was very frustrating. Um, I couldn't even run, couldn't jump because the pain was so bad. And um, then when I started training, in SlyFit, I strengthened up my body and I got to a stage where I was just like, I was fine to go back to contact basketball. And I just remember my first time playing basketball again was in Lions during one of the summer scrimmages. Okay. And I just realized how much I missed basketball and how much I wanted to enjoy basketball again. Yeah. And that's when I made the decision to transfer over to Aina. And okay. Uh, like the guys, the guys in Aina, um, were just like they welcomed me with open arms. Like, yeah, uh, I, I I'd asked, I texted Neil, asking if he was working out one of the days, and he was like, um, let me just have a have a chat with the chairperson. Had a chat with the per- chairperson, and he was like, yeah, just come up to my house and I'll give you the keys. Oh wow! Okay. So went in. Um, they came in obviously just to make sure obviously insurance reasons and uh, yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh had my workout everything was great got a message later on uh from the ana social media i'm still not sure who it was who sent the message okay but they just asked me did i enjoy my workout how did it go and so on and so forth and they were like look um we'd obviously love to have you on the team uh let us know whatever if that's something you're interested in and just from that like first month yeah like working out there having chats with neil you kind of knew straight like, away this is where i want to be this is the team i want to be yeah. with yeah Absolutely. it was just yeah. like a, a, a sense of home and sense of family mm-hmm. as well which is something that i always wanted and just never got that vibe um in lions now don't get me wrong like some of the guys in lions are still my very close friends yeah absolutely but yeah. i just never got that feeling that like this was home for me yeah um, and funny you say that because i had mark reynolds on he'd be out his episode will be out by that time this episode's out but he was saying the same thing he had tried for some other team but when he got to the guys chatted to the guys Nana, he just said he clicked straight away he knew like yeah. this is where i want to go this is my team or whatever so that's that's interesting yeah. that's interesting about sort of the family friendly feel with Aina. Oh yeah. And at it, the time, it's just the community, oh, sorry, yeah. like, it, it, the community of the club. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like everyone in the club is so invested in the success of every team and every player in the club. 
that yeah. like like look looking at at the I can't remember maybe 14 teams 15 teams that we have in the club yeah I know maybe 80 percent of everybody's names like okay. on those teams wow. the people at the games I know who's there I know what their names are I know who they're related to yeah it's just it's it's a huge huge family and it's great to be a part of like that's brilliant and that's brilliant for the players in the sense that you know their names they have that connection with their with the super league with their role models that they can yeah. look up to you they can talk to you they can like be like hillary i need like i need to work on my handle or something can you give me a drill or whatever it is or just just even yeah. have a chat like about whatever like that's that's really cool to hear and that's really nice for for both parties for you and for the players and the supporters and everybody in the club yeah, it's it's just amazing, and it's something that the club has worked on. And like, I give so much credit to like the guys that are on the committee, like Ronan Carroll, James Kiernan, Podge. Like, I could go on with all the names, but yeah, like they really have made that club a family and a community that wants everybody to succeed. Absolutely, that's that's great to hear. And at the time that you joined them, were they weren't in the Super League at the time? No, they just got uh, relegated to National League. Okay. Um, so they had got rele- got relegated to National League. Um, Nabs was actually coaching at the start okay. of preseason, but then he obviously, he got the job offer in Austria, and you can't turn uh, down I, a job coaching opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if if you want to be a professional coach, you cannot turn down like a European offer. So he went, he went off and our coach now, Darren McGovern, he was actually supposed to be playing for the team. I was going to say, yeah, because he played with Swords Thunder. I remember seeing him out and I was wondering how did he get into coaching? So that, that answers my question there. Yeah. Like he, he was coaching before that he was coaching some of the underage teams in a Okay. Yeah. Um, But he was looking forward to playing National League uh, that year. And then the club asked him to be the coach um and you know he, he he took on the role in his stride and um put together a great team uh the players that were on that team were really successful we went 24 and one wow, okay. uh, that season we lost in the national cup like quarterfinals or quarterfinals yeah i think it was quarterfinals to balan college who won the whole thing um but darren really like took it in his stride put a lot of work in and I think even just to look back at where he was three years ago when we, when he first started coaching the team and to look at him now, it's like two different people. Like he's, oh, okay. he's really stepped into his role and like has learned a lot um, and puts forward his teachings onto us, but also gives us a freedom to play basketball. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like... That's what Mark mentioned the same thing. Make Robert. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. coaches who, who make players robots and are like yeah in this play you have to cut you have to pass and get to this position and this position and do that yeah. whereas he's like yeah here you guys go here's the plays here's the offense create yeah react to the defense it's not going to be you pass left pass left again and pass right and you've got a basket or whatever it's yeah. react read the defense play basketball it's not like yeah yeah i know what you're saying exactly that's that's brilliant and kind of mentioning so you you what year did so you went 24 and 1 got promoted to super league yeah what year was that 
this was 2018. 2018. So you came into the 2018, 2019 Super League season? I'm really yes, yeah. yes, 2018, 2019. Yeah, so, so you had a so how did the first season go with in Super League? Um, it was, I like it was as good as it could have been. Okay, you know what I mean. Uh, coming from relegation to oh, like I'll start that again. So sorry, right, yeah, <laughs> being relegated, uh, winning the league in one year and being put back into the Super League in that one year and then coming into the Super League, uh, everyone had their doubts. Obviously, didn't think we were going to be in any way successful. Uh, might win a few games here and there was what I was hearing. But in my mind, like seeing our team, knowing what we were about, I had already said to myself, yeah, like uh, we, we're, we're going to be reaching top five. And Darren hadn't set any expectations on the team. Okay. He he wanted to progress gradually and, you know, get settled into the Super League in the first year and then in the second year make a push for everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the season being cut short, um, we, we placed third, we reached the National Cup finals, like... You couldn't well, write a, you couldn't write the story any better, like... Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like, obviously, we would have wanted to win the National yeah, Cup. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you really can't write that story any better. Um, kind of looking like, back to the start of the season and people being like, Aina, they're not going anywhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're not... Yeah. They're, they, like, if you... Let's say, you know, I know you can't predict National Cup, but if you had kind of sat down at the start of that season being like, who's going to be a National Cup final? Who's going to finish in these places in the league or whatever? You wouldn't have put you guys probably up there. No, not at all. And like, even the the run that we had like the run of games that we had we played belfast star after we had got our first loss against dcu saints yeah and belfast star beat us in our own gym um and then we went up to belfast to play them for the national cup quarterfinal game we beat them in their own gym okay. had a great game and then we get told we're playing tralee in the semi-final in Neptune but yeah in yeah, Neptune, yeah, Neptune. But, the, yeah, yeah. but the week before that game um we were playing Tralee down in Tralee oh okay so right. we, we were playing them back to back after playing Belfast back to back yeah and uh they beat us down there in in Kerry yeah and then we were just like there's no way we can lose to the same team twice yeah like it's 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 not happening. Um, I actually think we had played them earlier on in the year as well. Yeah, we played them in one of our first games at home in Aina, and we beat them. And then we hear we're playing them back to back, so we're like, oh my god, like, <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like it's not often you play uh, the same team back. three times in one year and back to back as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So we we got to play them in that national cup uh, semi final. And we, we got the upper hand after the second half. I think the first half of that basketball being in the game mm-hmm. was very physical and intense. But okay. watching the game, I'd say the first half was the most boring piece of basketball. Okay, right, okay. I think the, the score at halftime was 25-24. Yeah. Like in, that a, tells in a Super you. League Yeah, game. that tells you all about the game. Probably the spectators were like, oh, Jesus, like probably on the stream. Yeah. You know, I'm sure in the arena they knew what was going on. I'm sure there was a brilliant atmosphere. I wasn't there myself, unfortunately. But yeah. like probably, yeah, watching the stream, you're like, oh God, yeah. what is this? Turn this 
shite off. Like. Turn this shit off, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, absolutely. Even even for that game, um, like, I'm sure, as you know, every team that goes down to Cork for that weekend stays down in Cork. Yeah. And everyone goes out and socializes that night, even the people that go down and watch the games. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even think about, like, booking a hotel. Oh, like, really? What we're going to do after the game. Didn't even think about it. And we we got there, won the game, and we were just like, oh, we have to go back to Dublin now. <laughs> you couldn't celebrate. And, like, the whole basketball community was, was in, Cork. In, Kerry, <laughs> in Cork, sorry, yeah, celebrating yeah. and having fun. And we were on a bus back to Dublin oh, God. to <laughs> celebrate by ourselves, and, uh, essentially. Like, um, oh, God. But yeah, it, 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 was, it was a great experience in that first season. Yeah. And, and what was yeah. that like, the lead up then? Obviously, you know, came home on the bus, had celebration at home after semi-final. What was the lead up like then to the final? And knowing it was going to be a Dublin oh. Derby versus Temple Oak. And especially it was going to be Puff Summers as well. Yeah, that was crazy. Because we, we were actually watching the game yeah. on the bus. Uh, on the bus home? The bus back to Dublin. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were yeah, watching yeah. the game. Um, so once we Who was out, in that we semi-final like, actually? Uh, who were they playing? It was Neptune, I think. Neptune okay. and, and yeah. Temple Oak. Uh, and that was a great game as well. Um, but yeah, on the way back in the build up to the final, it was, it was just, it was just an experience because as I was saying, like everyone in the club is so close and yeah. such a family mm-hmm. that the excitement was just going throughout the whole club. Yeah. Like I think James Kiernan spent maybe the three weeks leading up to the semi-final to the final trying to get every member in Aina a ticket to the game like yeah they put so much work into it um it was just it, it was it was amazing like to see yeah. everybody so excited like there were parents coming to the gym trying to get tickets trying to get t-shirts um that the parents that don't that don't watch basketball don't know what basketball just, probably like nerdy is like yeah. yeah, but it's just their son or daughter was like, dad, like dad, mom, I want to go see this game. Like, I really want to go. Yeah. And then they get invested in our team and like they love the atmosphere. And now these parents are talking or having basketball conversations with me, even though last year they might not have known what basketball really was. They just knew, oh, yeah, my daughter or my son is going to train on Saturday after dropping there. Yeah, yeah. So it was just amazing to see all of these people who who aren't usually basketball fans get invested and get so involved. Engulfed in, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what was that like going into that atmosphere then in the in the arena? What was it like? You know, obviously Temple Oak, well known for their support. You's obviously had probably I don't know how many tickets you sold, but it sounds like a lot. What was that like going yeah. in? What was the atmosphere like uh, that night? Uh, it was amazing. Like we as we were walking into the gym, they had like obviously the little canopy where everyone yeah. was lined up and everybody in the canopy was Aina. Okay. Wow. So as we were walking in, everyone was cheering. So that was already amazing. That brought us up like to another level. And then when we got into the gym, uh, we were warming up for a bit and we were like, yeah, okay. Like Temple Ogre are probably going to have the gym filled out. And there's a picture. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. Yeah, I'll see but, if I can put it up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, like the whole, I'll say three quarters of that gym was Aina. Wow. Okay. And like they, they literally like put Temple Oak into this the little corner. corner of the yeah. arena. Love it. 
and so it was like a sea of blue and then there was like a bit of red love it yeah, um yeah. so it was just great to see that like even though we lost and congratulations temple of like they fully yeah. deserved that win they played great mm-hmm. um it was just great and amazing to see that uh to see everyone in the gym like see all the people supporting Aina mm-hmm. and yeah the atmosphere was amazing like yeah I wasn't yeah, there I was watching it on tv oh my god the place I was saying to Mark like it looked like it was hopping absolutely yeah. hopping the whole time um it really was yeah and do you and think like it, oh sorry go ahead sorry uh even with uh like our our connection affiliation with DBS they had there was a student section like oh deadly like, better, like yeah. there was students uh that that came from the college like uh the i think the dean of the school was there as well the council were all there a bunch of people from the school were there so like it, it really was just so much support there for us and to this day i'm like obviously disappointed that i we couldn't deliver for the crowd that for them for the support. Yeah. yeah absolutely um well like after the game obviously everyone was down um and there was so in Bally Bowden, St. Enders. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. There was some, I think someone put up a video of you coming back into the club, I think it was something, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had set up like a projector there for some of the people to watch the game yeah. who couldn't get tickets. Wow, um, that that in itself tells you a lot about the club and about the support yeah. and the family, that, the family that it really is. Yeah, it was just amazing. Like, And then as we're driving into uh, Bally Bowden gates, like people are lined up outside in their cars beeping cheering yeah. for us as we're coming in and like after losing the final you're yeah. obviously sad we all had our heads down but as soon as we saw that we were just like we can't be yeah, can't. sad like all of these people are here to see us play they're here supporting us for um to, to for us to be successful so that whole that whole night then was just an emotional yeah, roller coaster, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I was going to ask. A tears. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised from, from the match <laughs> and then from the support after. Like, that's pretty amazing. And kind of talking yeah. about that atmosphere in the arena and all the support, was the crowd like that six man? You know, they, they, I definitely watching the likes of the games in Europe now, obviously with coronavirus, there's not really fans or anything, but you see mm. they have like flares and like chanting, like obviously that's huge there and all the whistling, yeah. like it's like deafening stuff, even over the TV. What is it like in the arena with that sea of blue and how much of an oh effect did that have on your team? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I can't, I can't even describe it really. Like the, the supporters we have in Aina are, are just like the you best supporters yeah, in the world like put, i can't yeah, absolutely. put them in any other bracket um even in our home games in aina like it's crazy in there people are going wild um and then some of our away games like some of the families travel down yeah to carry and cork to support us so when we get to situations like the semi-final yeah. in Neptune. in uh, in cork mm-hmm. we had a bunch of people up at the very top because we couldn't get any seats obviously like we we're the second last game of the day okay. so all the seats were already taken like close to the court yeah but we had all of our supporters up there and like they made an atmosphere there were a sixth man in that game especially in that second half yeah they really helped us get over the line and then seeing all of those guys in the arena being amplified then by about 
four or five hundred people, whatever it was. Yeah. Like that's yeah, they're they're on our team. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, absolutely. That's, yeah. And it's talking about that sort of like home advantage you'd mentioned before. It is that big difference maker. And it's such a pity that with coronavirus, you can't have that. Like obviously, you know, yeah. you can't with all the restrictions and everything. It's not right. But it's unfortunate for the team and for the atmosphere. Because you feed, obviously you feed off that energy going into oh, next yeah. season. There won't be that support there. That's going to obviously be quite tough um, yeah. in, in the games. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, it is a thing that everyone is like disappointed about. But at the same time, like I know like all of these guys are still watching the game. Obviously, it's not the same. They're not able to cheer for us and shout. We can't hear them cheering for us or shouting. But I'm sure they're doing that at their TVs in the yeah. sitting room. Um, so we're, we're losing a player on our team. But we're still playing for that player. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, you are aware of it, but you just, unlike before, you're not hearing it and you're not seeing it. Yeah, but like, I, I'm i still going to be as crazy and passionate as I am. Okay. If they were there in person, um, I'm still going to be doing the same thing. So we have um, big we have big expectations now for when the season resumes now. You have some like 30 point games or, or no, sorry, you have like 10 steals or something. Here we go. Here we go. I'll have, I'll have, a, I'll have a couple of 10 point games. I'll put that. Yeah. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Get the double digits. <laughs> um, and kind of speaking about next season, I, I'm kind of, you know, obviously this is what day is today. It's November time. The season's set to resume early January. What can yeah. we expect from Aina? Um, I know you've a couple of new guys in. What are the sort of, are there any expectations or goals set? I know you mentioned Darren didn't set any before yeah um like uh, i i have um i have expectations on the team um because i I've, I've been there for three years now the next person on the team who's been there uh longer than me is neil neil lynch and he's okay. mr Aina like okay mr yeah. Aina basketball he's that's who he is yeah, yeah. um but like i i'm expecting nothing less than what we got last season yeah. you know like okay. I, I want us to be in that top three category again I want us to reach the national cup final if the national cup happens um and like with the guys that we've uh, brought onto the team and the guys that have come back it's just it, it's going to be very exciting okay um and I'm yeah I'm kind of disappointed like we didn't get to play that first game because yeah I was very excited. Um, like the guys that have come on only complement the guys that were on the team last year yeah. and same vice versa. Absolutely. So it's just... Like, it's exciting. It's looking forward. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. And fingers crossed everything like the season does happen and it's all safe and everything goes ahead. But we do have definitely big expectations now for Aina next season. Yeah. I think we have big expectations on ourselves as well. So, Good. Good um, yeah, like even even with the guys like that have joined the team, you know, there's always a worry that people aren't going to click um, on a personal level. Yeah. And like I've, I've always said to myself, like whenever I'm playing, I don't have to I don't have to get along with my teammates as long as we have the same goal at mind, which is to win and be successful. But like I don't even have that worry on this team and haven't for the last three years. Um because the guys that have come in continuously have all just clicked and like have 
come into that family environment. So it's not like you're a stranger coming into the team, like you're yeah, my absolutely. new brother. Yeah, and that obviously does help on the court. Like people do say, you know, as you said there, you know, I don't have to be friends with someone off the court, but it does have that impact. You can tell when a team is just a team or you can tell when there's a team and they're friends outside, like they'll go to the pub or they'll go wherever together. You can tell yeah. with that teamwork, with the sort of continuity that, that guys have on the same on the court together. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's something that is a plus, of course, to have. Um, and I think if you... if if anyone who's watched our games over the last two years, they can tell like that me and Neil are, are good friends. Yeah. Dan and Josh are good friends. Mark and Paris are great friends. Marco and uh, whoever are good friends. Like yeah. you can just tell that there's that connection. Yeah. We'll shout at each other every but, now and again. But you have to, as teammates, you have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know what you're saying. And then kind of um, segment I kind of like to do is, sort of pre-game routine is there anything in particular that you sort of do maybe on the day or leading up to it in terms of music or food or do you have any like stretches I don't know kind of sort of take us through how you prepare for a game yeah um so on game day I usually take it a little bit relaxed uh not like Lorcan Murphy at all <laughs> working out on game day oh is he okay but, <laughs> oh my yeah. god um but uh he's just a different type of animal like but i saw his workouts me, on instagram i think it was yeah. the first lockdown oh my god like he's a yeah beast yeah he he trains like a professional player who's in one of the top leagues in europe yeah you were saying that you before know? on your live with him like he has like that pro lifestyle is in the training and the sort of workouts that he does yeah exactly mm -hmm. it's just it, it's it's great to see like and that's why he's so successful mm -hmm. uh, as well but um on my like usually obviously games on a saturday i coach every saturday morning in the little academy that we have in the northeast northeast inner city okay um so i wake up do my stretches uh just to work on my flexibility and mobility and then I go coach. Once I come back on my way back from coaching, um, there's, a, there's actually a restaurant that's right around the corner from my house called One Society, and they like they they give me a, a pre-game meal. Okay. So that's part of my that's become part of my routine now. So they know and it's Saturday. Hillary's coming in. Let's get his whatever. I don't know what your order, but let's get it ready for him. Yeah. So so that happens. Funny enough, and. Uh, I go home, eat my food. Uh, I like to, you know, either play some PlayStation or, or uh, just relax and, you know, take it easy. Um, if like, usually like we have some sort of scouting report done on the other team. So I might look, look at that again, uh, just to know who I'm guarding, what their tendencies are and like everything like that. Like I know what every player we're coming up against is going to do and is most likely going to do. Yeah. Uh, so once that's done, I wait for Dan uh, to come to my house so that we can get over to the gym. Once we're in the gym, uh, I put my music onto the speakers so everyone can hear my terrible playlist. <laughs> what, what's on the playlist? What are you listening to for a game? Uh, it goes from like the baby to French Montana, then to LMA to like, it goes from hip hop 
pop to soul to R&B love songs and then <laughs> what there's a bit of yeah. everything in there oh my god yeah i don't know if you know lma uh she has a song called trip okay no and i like, never never the, heard of her sorry yeah the first line in the song is like i put my feelings on safety so i don't go shooting where your heart bleeds and like i remember <laughs> we'd be singing this in the warm-ups <laughs> like like emotional music that you'd listen to when you're on your own thinking about your ex like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're this busy seeing this yeah and people are probably like the other team's probably like what are they at Anaina? Yeah, like, what's going on <laughs> over here but then the next song that comes on is like um like a hype hip-hop song yeah, yeah. that's getting everybody pumped <laughs> um so like the playlist just varies it's not as bad as Moy Cullen now Moy Cullen played Taylor Swift and like oh Just okay w- right yeah weird music over there um and they know that themselves so all oh, right okay <laughs> um i think like it's a well-known thing around the league that Moy cullen has the worst playlist in okay. irish basketball yeah but, uh, maybe they do it on purpose the... to try distractors or i don't know why <laughs> yeah it's not working for them <laughs> <laughs> but um uh so after the music i usually get taped up by our trainer connor uh he's our trainer our strength and conditioning and our physio all in one okay uh and then we go through the rest of our warm-up routine i mess around a little bit with the guys so that like it's not I, all I try to too make sure serious. that everyone isn't like nervous and like super super focused over focused on the game Absolutely. to a point where they can't perform mm-hmm. so i try to get everyone like on a bit of a happy buzz as well and to relax and enjoy themselves and then then it's game time okay ready to go yeah brilliant do Um, a few dunks make a few layups that's it yeah interesting you were saying about kind of not messing but like having the crack with the lads because that's something maybe players listening or i don't know teams or whoever might find that maybe they're so focused on the game they nearly psych themselves out and they're like you know what i mean in that sense so that's that's interesting that's something i yeah i I tend to do it a bit so i might take into to my own i it's interesting whenever someone comes on and talks about their pre-gaming team i always take a snippet from it and and try implement it myself so that's really interesting and yeah it's i think it's a thing that's definitely overlooked in basketball okay or a sport in general um i can't remember what team it was but it was one of the cork women's teams and their pre-game routine like their part of their warm-up was to play a game of tag oh okay that's interesting yeah they'll play chasing like in their half court and then they'll they'll do this other thing where it's like a a slap reaction game oh i've seen that before yeah 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 and it's just like it switches them off from basketball for those two three minutes yeah and like releases a couple of endorphins where everyone's happy and chilling out and then go back into basketball absolutely yeah, that's really interesting. That that drill and that kind of like it's still competitive, but it's like we're just having the crack. Like we could be out, yeah, outside at the age of twelve or whatever. I I don't know, doing whatever with your friends. Like you're not in about exactly. maybe going to a national cup final in the arena. Like that that's yeah. really interesting. Um, and as we mentioned before, we're obviously uh we're in lockdown at the moment, level five or level four point whatever it is. Um, what do you and there's no there's no games on for anybody at the moment, especially you know there's no underage games there's only training outside and there's a long list of reg- reg- regulations what do players what do players need to look at and what do you think they should really focus on over the next couple of weeks or maybe c- coming months 
okay. I think right now, like, um, the, 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 the main thing is like, this is like, obviously it's a terrible situation that we're in. Absolutely. But, and I'm not taking away from that at all. I'm just trying to yeah. flip it on the head that, you know, players have this time off and to use it wisely. Yeah, you have you have to turn things like this into a positive in some way and make it mm-hmm. a beneficial thing for yourself. Mm-hmm. So like this is the best time for players to enhance their individual skills. I know for a lot of players during the season, they don't get a chance to do that because mm-hmm. they have school or work or whatever. All they have is their team training for an hour and a half or they have three hours per week yeah. where they're working on just team stuff. They're not really getting to work on their game, work on their craft. So this time here, um, like unfortunate about the weather as well, but like if you really want to get better, you can go outside, you can find a basketball court somewhere outside, or you can rent a hall and do Mm -hmm. an individual workout by yourself and really focus on what kind of things, figure out what your weaknesses are, work on them. Um, Like I, I, I have players that I train um through my Nets athletic training thing mm-hmm. and every single one of those players is still working throughout this whole situation and trying to get better and work on their weaknesses yeah um and it, it's just the, this the time for it like you're not going to get this opportunity again where you have time to work on your individual game absolutely and it's having that self-awareness and even humility to kind of maybe go to like you know you might not know as in you know I, I i whenever i try to think of my weaknesses i probably over overthink it and pick maybe some stuff you know maybe i have to work on my shooting but you know what my handle could actually do with a lot more work and be more beneficial yeah. reach out to your coach or your teammates or whoever and have that sort of humility like Lindsay pete was on news talk during the week she was saying like she got on to her teammates and was like look i don't know what i need to do can you show me this or can you take me through this or can you tell me what I need to do and just have that humility and self-awareness to be like, right, I, I have time to get better. What is it? Let's yeah. go work on it. Exactly. Like it, it's, I, I think at this stage, if people are saying they don't know what to do, it's an excuse. Yeah. And I don't mean to be uh, like brash or, no, but, it, but in the sense of if you're looking to work on your game and you can't think of anything, that like there's always yeah. something to work on. It doesn't matter if you're LeBron James, there's always something to work on. Yeah, and even at that, if you're confused about what, how how to drop a workout or what kind of workouts can I do, Puff, myself and Isaac, for the whole of lockdown and the whole of summer, we're putting up content, video after video, challenge yeah. after challenge. So there's a whole library for you to go back on Instagram or social media and have mm-hmm. a look at those workouts. And you can either copy that workout or put together different sections of the workout that we've been putting up Absolutely. for yourself to actually work on. Yeah. So there's no excuse of saying, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. There's loads of content there. Yeah. You have the facility of social media. You can ask one of us, like, I'll message anybody back who's looking to get better. Um, that's one of the reasons why I got into coaching was I I didn't have this when I was younger. Yeah. I wasn't able to um, like have an individual skills trainer. 
or have somebody who would work who like draw me up a program work on that program with me and work through my weaknesses yeah i want to provide that like that's my given back to basketball like basketball has given me so much over the years i've been able to travel i've met lifelong friends i've had different opportunities because of it and like i i i can only do this to 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 give back to the game like that's why i do my net athletic training thing that's why i still coach uh underage and senior or whatever it is so i can give back to the game mm-hmm. yeah and probably kind of you know players obviously have to make mistakes and learn but try to teach them maybe your mistakes or something you wish you knew kind of growing up and you know yeah. learning the game yeah of course mm-hmm. um like I, i'm never um like e- even when i'm teaching anything i don't i don't provide you with an answer i just provide people with ways they can figure out their answers because mm-hmm. if i just give you an answer and say okay do this yeah. like or this is the answer that's not helping you learn anything so yeah. i'm all for allowing people to make mistakes and figure out how to overcome those obstacles but i'll help you like i'm here to help you do that yeah absolutely but i'm not just going to spoon feed you the answer yeah yeah I'm you're going to give gonna... you all of the tools yeah. that can possibly make you into a that can make you into a better player so it's then up to you whether you really want to do so yeah absolutely it's giving them the not you're not feeding them the answers but you're giving them the sort of path to kind of get to the answer and like giving them the tools to go themselves and go play and out of, yeah. out of interest then what sort of skills trainers do you watch um and kind of pick up stuff for your own game and maybe for coaching because i know there's so many of them maybe out there at the moment question some of them might be a bit questionable with yeah. sort of what they're doing who do you uh watch and who would you recommend to people to go kind of watch and learn from um definitely like the first person that will come to mind obviously is is puff because he puts so much work and he's one of the people i look up to as a player and as a person and as a coach mm-hmm. yeah um so puff for sure um he does a lot of great things i think people don't understand a lot of the things that he does mm-hmm. and they're like why does he have all these cones why is he picking up a, a yoga yeah and um, throwing like little medicine thing. balls and whatever yeah yeah but like all of those things improve uh cognitive skills in basketball that you need yeah um so if you if you don't think it's your cup of tea don't do it but there's yeah. other things that you can learn from that absolutely um there's there's a method to, to there's a method to puff's madness then <laughs> exactly yeah yeah definitely is um so like him drew hanlon um von compton he's he's a he's a, a skills trainer and nba trainer okay. in phoenix i actually played with his little brother ben a okay. couple of years ago deadly i haven't heard um, of him actually i have to check him out yeah I do he's um he's like his main person is nico manion okay uh, wow yeah I've yeah, seen him in his. Called... I've seen him in the Ball is Life, uh, Day in the Life. You know that series. Yeah. I, but I didn't realize. I didn't know his name. Like. Yeah, that that's actually Vaughn in that video. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So like he he's helped me a couple of times with advice and like what I should do. I was actually supposed to go over, and like intern with him. Okay. But, um, you know, COVID and all COVID. Of that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Um. And who else? 
there's a bunch there's a bunch of people yeah uh that are all in the same same kind of circles mm-hmm. uh yeah and there, there's one there's one actually there's one guy that i really look up to i think his instagram is like above the rest basketball or something and okay he he works with a lot of female players and it, it's just great to learn from him and see exactly how he approaches uh what what his coaching style is like he doesn't differ coaching men and women like yeah yeah he doesn't change player. yeah it, it doesn't matter who the player is probably as well yeah. whether they're like obviously the skills have to be different for like professional and like let's say high mm-hmm. school or whatever but he treats everybody the same sort of thing yeah exactly yeah. so like that that kind of um example is great to see mm-hmm. um so he's he's one of the people i look up to for sure and then kind of talking about you know what sort of separates the good from the great you know the good players from the great like is it their skill level is it the mentality is it they're always working hard like there's as you know they have that kind of ambition and they realize you know it doesn't matter how good i am at this i can always improve or what do you think it is i think so it's it's definitely a combination right and okay um like i i studied sports psychology in in university okay i didn't realize that like when you're so okay i'll put it this way so if okay. you talk to a, a nutritionist they'll be like nutrition is 60 percent of your success in basketball right if you talk to a sports psychologist they'll be like sports psychology is 50 or 60 percent of what you need to do in basketball if you talk to a coach or whatever like everyone has their different their numbers of... and different numbers that say this is what makes up a great player but i think having an understanding of all of these things is what really sets you apart from being a good player and a great player. Okay. So it's and not just the one thing it's combining nerdy everything. Yeah. It's combining yeah. the nutrition, the strength and conditioning, the sports psychology, like the mental side of the game and the mental side of life is something I feel I'm very passionate about and something I feel like a lot of people don't really uh, yeah. focus on there's no emphasis um, really on it yeah yeah like it, it's only in the last couple of years sports psychology has become a big thing mm-hmm. or is increasing um even with like bad teams dublin teams yeah um but all of these things are, are a combination hold on you're cutting out like, there oh oh sorry you know you're just saying it's it's how dublin work Dublin have kind of used sports psychology and it's still that combination of everything. Yeah, it's a combination of all of those things that really make, uh, make can make you a great player. Mm-hmm. And then the, the main thing for me is the want yeah. to go out and actually work on your game. Okay. Like, you, there, there's so many people that are in a position to get to a basketball court or they have a position that they can be in the gym and work on their physicality or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but you have to want to actually do it. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? You have to fall in love with the process. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't matter what skill level you have or whatever it is. If you don't want it more than the next person, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I know a, a bunch of guys that um, aren't necessarily the most skillful or talented players but they want it more 
than the most talented player on the team. Yeah. And like just because they want it more, it brings them closer to that to that greatness like they're they're trying to attain. Yeah. And like that that that's a, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Success and greatness is is self-produced like you determine what your success and greatness is absolutely not other people so once you understand what that is you can really work for that greatness and success Mm -hmm. totally that that's a nice point to sort of end on and what we're going to finish up with uh is what's called the sideline seven i'm just conscious of time it's coming up i think an hour and 20 minutes on this but um sideline seven so same exact seven questions for every single guest so the listeners compare the answers so it's sort of you can take it as fire end or thought provoking it's entirely up to yourself and we're going to start off with question one what is your favorite quote can i give you two yeah you go with two yeah that's all right okay so favorite quote and um thing that i live by is life is like a mirror you get the best results when you smile at it okay i like that one yeah and that's like my little happiness uh you know positive talk thing yeah okay and then the second one uh came from the bill uh and it's control the controllables like i have a, I have a t-shirt um that says that a couple of us a couple of the coaches from ren sports academy have those t-shirts and it says yeah. control the controllables and some mm-hmm. of the campers do as well and it's just like a reminder that whatever is in your control is what you can worry about. Yeah. Oh, there's no point worrying about it because there's nothing at all you can do about that. So why worry about it? Focus on the things that are within your control to influence and change to like for, for, for you to have uh, a better life in my opinion anyway so yeah no I, I agree I agree totally and that's only something that I've really realized in the past year and it's something that people take as sort of cliche and it's something yeah. that I've probably had the attitude before Ugh, everybody says that I'm not gonna bother but it is yeah. like you just focus on yourself like with with lockdown like why worry about when is the season starting when am I gonna get play you know when am I gonna get game time or whatever focus on yourself get out get better do the things that you can control, which is in, which is working hard and improving, not worrying about exactly. the games or whatever it is. Yeah, I yeah. 100% believe in that. That's that's interesting you have it on the t-shirts as well for the camp, trying to teach yeah. the players from a younger age control the controllables because that's something I wish yeah. I knew when I was younger. Um, yeah. Question two, best sporting event you've been to? Now this can be, let's say, as a player um, or as a fan. A player as a fan um it doesn't have to be basketball either i don't know if you've maybe gone somewhere else yeah i i've been uh, yeah i've been to a couple of different things but the semi-final and final last year okay just everything that was put together for that to happen really made it uh, like something i'll remember for the rest of my life yeah like all of the supporters and my teammates, the relationships that I have with all of those guys. Um, and then obviously also winning the semi-final, like that was a major, that was such a great game, like to end that game. Mm-hmm. I think Josh, Josh hit a big three. He hit a tough layup before that. I hit a layup before that. Steph hit a layup. 
and then I hit a big three and like I think the next play I took a charge off Paul mm. so like all of these moments and the supporters being there and everything just made those two events really like monumental and my favorite moments okay that's interesting so it obviously was that special those two days yeah. like you were saying before that was it like that that, that not the pinnacle but like you go like you'll retire from basketball and always remember those two days yeah 100 percent. brilliant um uh question three biggest setback or challenge so far in your career um that's a good question so when uh nabs and lines parted ways six games into the season um obviously i had said to myself yeah i'm actually going to stay one more year because i really want to see where this can go yeah. and for that to be cut short my best friend uh going to a different team and me still being on that team but injured and i'm not able to play yeah um i really just that that was a major challenge for me to once again like look at what i really want and i had to look 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 at myself and just say like you know am i happy here um is this what i want to do is this where i want to be and like obviously i had conversations with people and they were like oh like you've already played for vincent and talka now you're at lions do you really want to go somewhere else yeah and i was like in my head i was like yeah like basketball is the game that i love and mm-hmm. if i'm not enjoying doing what i love why would i stay in that position like this is something that i can control so that's that's when i chose to to take time off and then move to Aina. and like i'm i'm look i can look back at it now and be like yeah this was the best thing for me yeah. like my some of my teammates were upset that i was leaving of course and like I still have great relationships with the teammates there, uh, the supporters, and like some of their parents even are still people I talk to to this day. Yeah. But I really had to overcome not enjoying basketball and take a step back and really assess the situation, get over that injury, and uh, find my love for the game again. Absolutely, and that probably that challenge probably helped helped you kind of move forward and obviously you know get to level you are now and help bring that love back for the game yeah it just reaffirmed my love for basketball totally uh question four uh your biggest achievement on or off the court uh biggest achievement damn um being able to represent zimbabwe um in basketball kind of reflecting back and looking back what advice would you give your 18 year old self um focus on yourself okay yeah yeah definitely like uh 18 year old me was very focused on impressing others and what i can do um Mm. to you know typical like teenage uh turned into an uh adults being legal or whatever um But worrying too much about maybe what people think yeah exactly um mm-hmm. definitely worrying about what people think my advice would be to focus on yourself and don't rush anything 
take your time absolutely yeah good advice um second last question um now you can turn it into a dinner party that seems to be a theme i might have to change the question but if you had a chance to sit down with anybody and have dinner with them who would it be and why um first person that comes to mind all the time is jay-z okay just is that music wise or business wise or just the whole thing just want to have the yeah okay yeah just um he's obviously faced a lot of challenges in his life um Mm. and has become successful as well not only in music but in business and life Mm. um so i'd love to have a conversation with him lebron james for sure uh like that's a no-brainer the dude has literally been in the spotlight since was 15 years old was absolutely named the chosen one at 16 yeah and has been in the public eye since that time and, and has handled himself pretty pretty well there's not too many sort of major scandals and things off the court that he's been sort of yeah. caught up in there's, there's none like yeah like yeah absolutely. It, it's amazing to see him be held to such a high standard and be hated so much yeah because he doesn't make any mistakes like obviously he makes mistakes in his life but we're human but i know what you're saying it's it's i know what you're trying to say yeah it's it's totally i I agree what you're saying people are holding him to such a high level they can't believe he's maintaining that and he doesn't have these things off the court that he's getting yeah in trouble with or whatever yeah like a lot of people that hate lebron if you really ask them like why do you hate him like what has he done they they get stuck and don't know what to say yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. it's funny it's funny to see Uh, yeah and that's someone i'd like oh my god like obviously anyone in basketball would love to chat to lebron but nearly i'd nearly chat to him more a bit off the court in that sense of how his business like thinking i was watching a video and he was saying like he turned down 10 million dollar check right in front of him yeah Uh, i think it was reebok said no and bet on himself went to nike and look at him now he's, I think his lifetime deal was like a billion dollars or whatever it was like like what 18 year old has the awareness to turn down 10 million dollars right in front of him yeah you know what I mean like that sense and that like off the court like Maverick Carter all day like just really interesting how they've managed him in his career and off the court but yeah absolutely yeah. I have to agree with that one that's yeah, a good yeah. shout um, um oh, you're, also... are you, oh yeah yeah sorry i think i have I've no 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 go more. for another one two more okay yeah we'll allow oh, it one more yeah um it's a dinner party right yeah that's it we have to get a really big room now with social distancing obviously <laughs> um maya moore um i don't know if you know her but she played for the minnesota Lynx. Um, oh is that i think i know who you're talking about did she recently step away she yeah she took a step away from yes. playing professional um yeah two years ago to work on like social justice and um, uh, anti-racism work and like people that yeah. were unlawfully uh, imprisoned. And, yeah. She's like, a lawyer. Have I got that or have I got that wrong? I'm not too sure. She might be. Okay. Yeah. But, it was um, just out of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd love to have a sit down with her because she was one of the top, she was one of the top players uh, mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, I think she's like 25 or 26. Yeah. And to step away from the sport you love, um, I just give so much credit to her for doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd love to have a conversation with her. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely have her at the dinner party. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'd have to bring the bill with me as well. 
Okay. And to chat to him or... Yeah, I was going to say, to to chat with him or for him to listen and chat to the guests? Both. Both, okay, yeah. Both, yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, if you would let me put another person in there... Yeah, go for it. Why not? Yeah, I'll definitely bring Nabs and Puff. Okay, deadly. Because the two of them have so much, like, I I speak to the both of them a lot, but, like, they've got so much knowledge that I just want to tap into and, like, figure out what the hell is in their heads and see if I can take some of that and be like them. <laughs> yeah. And they would probably add a lot to the conversation as in they yeah. would develop, you know, conversation with the other guests. Yeah. That's, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool now. I think I might have to join that one as well to have an yeah. extra seat at the table. Uh, I'll just be that's... listening now. I couldn't add anything to that conversation. Uh, but uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Final question. If your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? <laughs> <laughs> what? I took this from I know I took this from uh, I think it's Josh Hart has a podcast or had one and I was like yeah. that's a good question I'm going to take that and everybody gets stumped on it what would this chapter be called Um, wow I actually had named the last chapter of my life let's say um, where I, I got a tattoo of the Egyptian Ankh and it's, okay. it's a it's a symbol that represents eternal life and rebirth. So it, it was like a point in my life where I felt like I was I was at my rebirth and I was starting everything new and I was really transforming into what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this chapter of my life. Um, oh, my God. Oh my god that is tough i know it's tough and the funny thing is is i don't have an answer for if someone was to ask me that's why i love yeah. asking it because it's nearly not developing my own answer but it's getting me to think of what are these people saying and how am i going to apply that to my life um the get back okay okay, okay yeah that one yeah um, I'll go with that one yeah i'll go with the get back because like i grew up in knock line and never played a game of basketball in Knockline. But yeah. now I'm playing for my local team from Knockline yeah. and getting to do so much for the the other basketball players around there and trying to help mm. that whole um, the area. The yeah. whole area and everything like that. Like I'm not saying I'm I'm coach K or whatever, but like I'm yeah. doing <laughs> I'm doing what I can yeah yeah um so definitely i'd I'd say it's the it's the get back okay i like that one look hillary i don't know we're going well over nearly two hours at this point (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much for coming on i hope people enjoyed the episode it's absolutely brilliant and look best of luck when the season does resume fingers crossed it does in january and uh definitely we'll catch up at a game sometime yeah for sure thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing this like it's 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 great to have people like you in the basketball community and sports community um, just bringing awareness to our beautiful game. Like, amazing. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks a million, Hilary. All right. See you later. A massive thank you to Hilary for coming on. Be sure to go follow his Instagram at Nets Athletic Training for more of his live chats and for training drills for you to practice during lockdown.
If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and review. And if you're interested in starting up your very own podcast, be sure to get in touch with the Primal Productions team over on Instagram at Primal Pro. Thank you.